We know you're seeing all the Mother's Day gift guides everywhere. And while we usually do some Didn't I Just Feed You version, this year we have the one perfect Mother's Day gift that works for everyone, even our last minute shoppers, mylifeinabook.com. Mylifeinabook.com is a unique service that turns the life stories of people you love into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send your gift recipient a question via email. These can be pre-written questions that they provide, or you can customize the questions the way that I did for my mom. Your recipient can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature. Mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. I'm really excited to be creating a book with my own mom this year, and I can't wait to hear some of her childhood memories, what it was really like raising three kids as a single mother, and how she's enjoyed becoming a grandmother, too. And when the book is done, you'll have a beautiful keepsake for her and for you, too. You can even choose to have an audiobook created from the recordings. It's easy to sign up, and the process is automated, so you don't have to worry about missing a week. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code D-I-J-F-Y at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code D-I-J-F-Y for 10% off today. This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with Byheart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is Byheart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. Additional terms and conditions apply. Oh, hey, this is Megan and Stacy, And this is another bite-sized episode of Didn't I Just Feed You? You know these little mini episodes by now. Sometimes it's both of us tackling a subject. Sometimes it's just one of us. We may even have a guest thrown in from time to time. Today, we're going to talk about comfort food. Stacey. Comfort food. Okay, I just want to say that we're going to work really hard to keep this to 15 minutes because that is the promise of these mini episodes that we go in, we go out, we just have a quick conversation. And I do think that this conversation may lead to some places where we would normally take great pains to make sure that we are being clear that we're just representing our personal point of view and we want to be inclusive. We want to make sure that we're not triggering anybody. We're literally just going to turn the mic on or we have turned the mic on (laughs) during a conversation you and I would have in private. So all of that that stuff still stands. Right? That we have had in private, right. So all of that stuff stands. We're not going to keep reiterating that throughout. We're just going to get really raw and honest about ourselves in this episode. Are you ready? One thing I love is that we do have very different perspectives on 
what comfort food means to us. And I think the universal understanding of comfort food is sort of like hearty food that you can like tuck into a bowl of and it's like very soothing to your soul, right? Like I think of comfort food as like, as as the universe defines it, as our culture defines it, as like mac and cheese or like ice cream with hot fudge or tater tot casserole. And those things are actually not what I would define as comfort food for me. And I know that you would not define them as comfort food for you. So just for fun and we and like not getting too deep into the what or why yet. What is your favorite comfort food, Stacey? Ah, it's such a difficult question. So I have to be honest that I don't really think that I have an internal framework for comfort food. Like when I'm feeling bad, this is what I want to eat. I'm extremely cravings driven. Yes. Extremely. So sometimes... I'm tired and yesterday I've been having a really difficult time sleeping through the night these past few weeks. And yesterday I just was like, I want pierogies. I want bread. I just want like anything that's like simple, refined carb (laughs) and butter, like a vehicle for butter. Yes. And partly I felt that way because when I don't get a lot of sleep, I tend to feel a little bit nauseous. And when my stomach is uneasy, I tend to want these like simple refined carbs, like really plain stuff. So that's what I was craving yesterday. I wouldn't say that like every time I feel tired, I crave bread or pierogies. It's really mood and craving based. I think that I have, and this both has a positive and negative side to it, a pretty well-tuned like mind-body connection that I've even heard from like when I've worked with exercise trainers like if you tell me your hip is up a little bit you have to do this and I can hear something verbal and adjust my body like very quickly which not everyone can do I struggle with that I'm like wait which hip is my right hip Yes. Right. So I don't know what it's like for other people, but I, that's very easy for me. Like I'm very, like my body is sensitive and I know like, oh, I'm going to get my period. Like this is how I feel. So I'm really, I've always been very naturally good at reading my cues. So I don't know. It's very, it's very cravings based. Like if I go on vacation and I've been like eating, like, I don't know, We went to Brazil and Brazil had like these very like bold flavors, a lot of the same types of dishes over and over. And then when I came home, I was just craving salads. Yeah. Salads are not, I would not qualify. Right. What's really interesting and dynamic about comfort food, because even though it sort of has this universal definition, that's not necessarily true. Yeah. Like it doesn't, pizza doesn't always make me feel good. No. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know. So Sometimes what, it makes me feel you. crappy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's really interesting because on a team call recently, this question came up. And for me, I am an emotional eater. I eat for comfort a lot. So to be like, oh, yeah, I just tuck into a bowl of pasta with butter and cheese once a month before my period starts is like not even... <laughs> not even my reality at all. Like I comfort eat on the daily. 
And it's quite honestly, it's mostly sugar. And the, the it feels like different things at different times. Like I have been going through this like candy loving phase. Candy feels like such a luxury. And like I can eat a little handful of like sour gummies and feel a sort of escapism almost for the world at large. Like, oh, I'm back to being a little kid eating sour gummies and just like enjoying the pleasure of it. And it's like, there's no nutritional value to it whatsoever. I don't feel like overly full or like I want to take a nap afterwards. It's definitely just like that hit of sugar. And probably there's something physical to it too. Like I want to eat that in the afternoon after I've come home from my office and like the kids want to jump on the trampoline. I'm like, yes, let me, (laughs) let me have my candy treat. But then when I'm like very, very depressed, which I've been like in a season of, or anxious too, baking is something that's like very soothing for me. My friend Carrie called it something and I was like, oh, that's exactly what it is. It's like complete the the thing that you can like complete something, you're able to like start a project and finish it in one go. Like that's what baking is for me. It's it's an instant like gratification that I can start a project. I follow someone else's directions. I can almost turn my brain off in a way. Like it's just muscle memory to mix up butter and sugar and crack the eggs into it and then like scoop out the dough. And then I eat those things as comfort also like brownies and warm chocolate chip cookies and recently it was my favorite pizzelle cookies which are like a super buttery usually they're anise flavored but I like to make them with vanilla just like super crispy little coffee kind of cookie and for me that's like takes me back to my early 20s which is like one of my happiest times when I was living in Vermont and working in this little cafe and learning about f- having a food business from this couple who I just love and admire and so and they introduced me to those cookies and so it's very comforting in a nostalgic way but I almost never am like oh I'm having a crappy day I want like buttered bread it's yeah, usually it's so sweets interesting because I feel like the idea of comfort food has a negative connotation where it's like, oh, yeah. what's the quote unquote bad thing you eat when you're feeling bad and you want to Your feel better? Guilty pleasure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say, though, I've been as you were talking, I was reflecting on this and I'm like, well, then what is it for me if it's not the food itself? Like, is there something I do to appease myself when I feel uneasy or dysregulated. And I don't think it's about the food I eat. I think it's overeating that I like to like eat without thinking about those cues. Cause remember how I just said, like, I'm so in tune, right? Like I'm so tuned in all the time. Like I feel slightly more tired than yesterday. Like it's not like I feel everything on such a granular level and have such an awareness of it that my quote unquote comfort food in the traditional way that it's used is to just ignore. I don't care that I feel full. I'm going to keep eating because in my mouth right now, (laughs) this tastes good. And to like, to release myself of being that attuned in every moment. And also because binge eating is a part of my coping and emotional eating, there is something about like, I just want my body to feel a different sensation than what it feels. So like if I'm feeling sad or feeling anxious and I eat to the point of being 
overly full. I just am distracted by being overly full (laughs) from feeling sad or feeling anxious. Oh, that's super interesting. Yeah. So it is. It's like you could eat a high volume of salad to make yourself feel, feel differently. I would love to hear, I know, like we're trying to keep it super short, but like how, like your PCOS, which you've talked about before on the show, we have a whole episode on like our feelings around weight loss, which is great to listen to for reference. But like, how do you feel like your awareness of your body through PCOS impacts what you choose for comfort food and when you choose to use food as a comfort? Because there are other, there are always other options, right? Yeah, I feel like this is a very interesting time to be talking about it because I don't, I feel all over the map. And I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of listeners, you know, were, we've all been in some form of quarantine for, you know, well over six months now. Um, We have an election coming up and no matter what your opinion, irrelevant, I think there's a lot of anxiety about what's going to happen and how divided we all feel and what's at stake from every single perspective. So, you know, just between like everyone being home, grocery shopping differently, all of the like larger anxieties of the world, I really am like, what when it comes to eating? (laughs) But I can say (laughs) that having PCOS, I know, right? Like, I don't even know. I'm like turned upside down and inside out. But I know that for me... When I was first diagnosed and I was first given medication for PCOS and I stopped feeling tired all the time, that was, I cried. I cried in my doctor's office because I was like, I cannot believe that I lived feeling like every day I had to slog through by five o'clock. It was like, just Billis put like one foot in front of the other. Like, you can do this. Like, you'll be fine. Bedtime is soon. Like, that's how I lived for years through like feeding my kids, which is such a joy for me through like getting them to bed. Like, it was just all hard because I was so so deeply exhausted all the time. And that was such a relief and such a stark relief that I was like, I never want to feel that way again. Yeah. You described it once as feeling like you were wearing like a cement bodysuit over your whole body. And then when it was gone, you were just like, holy crap, I can't ever go back to that. And, you know, I know that diet culture is destructive. I know that I should just eat what I crave. And, but sometimes what I crave is not what actually makes me feel good. And I just been talking about how I'm all dysregulated. I also just told you that I've been completely exhausted and not sleeping through the night. Like I believe there's a connection. And for me, not severing that connection. Yes. Sometimes I've just got to let it go. But for me, staying on top of that connection is really important to feeling good in the long run. So I personally do feel like it's important for me to be mindful of what I eat. And when I quote unquote go off the rails, it's not about demonizing any particular food or way of eating, but it's like recognizing that the way I'm eating is not making me feel good in the long run. Like it's a quick hit gratification But if I eat pierogies in the middle of the day, I feel even more tired at three. And that's terrible. I hate the tired more than I hate watching what I eat. 
So that's where I end up landing. And and I know that it can be triggering to other people to hear it. It's sometimes triggering for me, you yeah, know, because it is, it. there is an element of diet culture where I am watching, I am, what's the right word? Like I'm being vigilant yes. on some level about what I eat. Yeah. But I, and I think we've like kind of hit on this in the weight loss episode that we did last summer, which is sort of this idea of like, there, there isn't yet a healthy neutral in between people who are like very diet culture and very diet focused. And then the like anti-diet people who like, and both of those groups are somewhat problematic on their own when like a lot of us like live our real lives in the middle. Like, you know, you eat a certain way for your PCOS. And yes, that impacts your weight and your energy. But like those things are are valuable to you. And I'm sort of like in the in a different place where I'm trying to rectify the diet culture that I grew up with and like be okay with my emotional eating and also feel good or feel even neutral. I will take even feeling neutral about my body instead of hating it. And like, I can't remove, like, it's not, there's not a a flip to switch for me. It's like a lot of drudging through it. And some days feeling like I want to eat really healthy because I want to feel good in my body. And then the next day wanting to eat six cookies in a sitting because I want to feel different in my body. It's very very layered. I think for for most women and probably even men more so than we know. And I think that this is why anti-diet culture as it's taken shape we just need to be mindful of it. I'm not, you know, I don't want to demonize anything, but like as it's become a thing, this idea of love your body. Like no, like some of us may not. I don't like how do we just make room and how do we actually be inclusive given our actual lives and our actual feelings that I think it's really powerful that you said some, you know, I just want to feel neutral about it. Yeah. Because that's really, I think the sweet spot, you know what I mean? That we're not thinking about it so much. Like our bodies are our bodies. They don't define us. <laughs> right. It's, uh, they're honestly like the least interesting thing about right. any of us. But I do think like having these conversations out in the open where there's space for everyone. Like I absolutely respect how you eat for your body. And I feel the same. Like, I feel like that respect is mutual. Like you'll never, totally, you'll never shame me or make me feel weird about like that. I sometimes binge eat cookies or candy. Totally. <laughs> and I just, I hope that I don't, I think we've taken the long road there, but I, I hope that didn't I just feed you and our listeners group remains a place where people can, be both, like have both. Like, yes, we can, if you want to try a new diet and you want to talk about that, like there can be a thread for that, but we're also not like inundating you with it. And like, if you want a safe space to talk about emotional eating, I'm so here for that. Like, I hope that we can create that gray area, the neutral where more people live. I think that that's 
amazing. <laughs> I hope <laughs> that we can do that too, because, you know, I said that almost as like a separate person looking into what you just said about, didn't I just feed you? And that reaction is just like a genuine reaction of like, I wish I've seen that space already. It's kind of surprising that it, it hasn't existed, at least that I know of. Yeah, so, I'd love to hear from right? our listeners and yes. hear if anyone's like, I am living and loving in this space. I would too. Like if it's, you know, another podcast that you love that makes you feel good, another Facebook group or let's share because, you know, we're not trying to corner the market on anything. We're trying to be part of creating more and more and more spaces for people to just be and to not feel judged around food, you know? having to cook for your family is either a passion or a problem to solve. Like whatever it is for you, we're here for it. Like we're not here to judge it. Stacy, I cannot believe we talked, we had a whole episode. We've been talking for 20 minutes about comfort food and neither of us mentioned cheese. <laughs> we did. I did talk about butter. I, we talked about pizza, but yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, sometimes cheese makes my tummy hurt. Yeah, it's not the thing I want to binge eat necessarily. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm i with you on that. Yeah. But like sometimes it is. That's sometimes. the whole point. Sometimes, sometimes not. Okay. I feel like that's as deep as we can go today. But I love hearing from you and we love hearing from you guys. So find us as Didn't I Just Feed You on Instagram and Facebook where you can also join our private listeners group. The answer to the question of what our favorite cocktail is, is whiskey... Don't add us. It is a cocktail. Most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review right now where you're listening. It is comfort booze. (laughs) (laughs) Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jim Endo. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. Thanks for listening. 